Hello and welcome to Clear Out. I am your host, Nihal Qatar. As always, I am joined by my brother, Sahil. How are you doing, Sahil? Are you excited for the new season? I'm doing all right. I still can't really believe that the NBA season is starting tomorrow. It feels like the Bucks just won the NBA championship, doesn't it? Yeah, well, you know, for the listener out there, the season probably already started. Um, but we are recording on the eve of the start of the new season. And, it, and it's true, you know. Uh, the Bucks season ended in July. It feels like we didn't really get to enjoy the Bucks title for long enough. But um, I'm heading up uh, tomorrow night for the Bucks first game and the and the ring ceremony and the banner reveal. So I am pumped to see that. We'll have to get your perspective on that on the next episode. Yeah, and you know it's it should be a great game uh, between the Bucks and the Nets today. You know, so much has happened since we last recorded. Um, you know, the NBA preseason started and ended. We had the rookie contract extensions today. Uh, we had some news out of Brooklyn and Philadelphia that sort of dominated the NBA landscape. But today, we are just really going to focus on the new season. Um, I, I don't know. So we have not compared notes, so I don't really know what you're going to talk about in our exercise today. But I, I tend to feel like the whole Kyrie news and the Ben Simmons story have kind of been played out by the national media so don't worry, it's not going to be an hour of us talking about Kyrie not playing for the Nets uh, or the Ben Simmons situation. We are going to be doing specific predictions today for the NBA season. A uh, huge shout out to the Total Soccer Show, one of our favorite podcasts, for coming up with this concept when they preview seasons. They usually go through every team and do a, a specific prediction for every team each. We're just doing three or four today, and uh, I'm excited to hear what yours are. And we are also going to be doing awards predictions. So I think we should start with the specific predictions because I think those might inform our award prediction conversations, if that makes sense. Um, so why don't we start there? Why don't we start with your first specific prediction? What do you got for me? Okay, um, coming in with a big one, I think. Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, I think Jason Tatum will finish in top five MVP voting this year. So I'm quite high on the Celtics this year. I think last season got a little derailed due to injury and COVID. I like some of the moves they made on the margins. I think Dennis Schroeder kind of became underrated after what happened last season with Los Angeles Lakers and Al Horford wasn't got, you know, he, we, he, if you're not many people watched Thunder games last year and that kind of makes sense, but he was quite good and I don't think he's washed at all. Um, and, you know, he shot super well at the rim last year and pretty well on threes. I just think he needs to kind of improve the volume of both of those things, settle for a little bit less mid-range shots. And I'm just expecting him to be a complete offensive force and a guy who can rely to guard some some key wings and, and some big matchups. So um, I, I think that he, he I think he's going to finish top five in MVP voting this year because I think partly because I think the Celtics are going to be quite good. I, yeah, so I know you are are very high on the Celtics. I've known that for a while. That is uh, interesting. Uh, you know, I actually have a very similar specific prediction, so I'm actually going to go ahead and throw mine out there just so we can talk about this as a whole. Um, I have, I think Paul George is going to finish in top five in MVP voting this season. Wow, that's an interesting uh, one. And, and the reason why is because I think the Clippers are still going to be pretty good. I think they'll probably finish in the top five in the West, even – if Kawhi's out for the season, and I well, and I think his usage is just going to be insane. And I think like he he really is the focal point of that team now. Um, you know, we saw it in the playoffs against the Suns. He was really the only guy, a reliable guy they had, um, except for Reggie Jackson, kind of, which was kind of <laughs> yeah crazy. Um, I mean, and I mean, even in you know, Kawhi didn't play uh, much of that Utah series, and they rallied back without Kawhi Leonard, and he was Paul George was true. huge there. Yeah. That's true. And I think, you know, I think we might see a similar season like we saw in Oklahoma City with Paul George, except he's in L.A., so I think he'll get a lot more MVP buzz than he did that season. And, you know, it's interesting because I don't think both of these guys are going to be in the top five. I think that's going to be pretty difficult for them with, with the likes of, you know, Luka, Giannis, LeBron, Jokic again, Embiid. Um, I'm probably missing people. Uh, Steph, Dame. Uh, yeah, Steph. We'll, 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 we'll talk about the MVP uh as a, you know, who we think is going to be the actual MVP. Um, but I think for me, the Celtics are, um, I don't know. I, I think Tatum might have stretches where he puts up MVP type numbers, but I think the Celtics 
are just honestly more of a team. And also, I just don't think... I don't think the Celtics are going to finish top four in the East, personally. So I think, like, you know, if you're not top four in the East, it's hard for me to envision you getting <laughs> MVP votes. Do you think That's they're, fair. Do you think they're a top four team? Um, I, I do think I have them in that just second tier right up there with um, Atlanta. I think I honestly think those are my next two teams after Brooklyn and, and Milwaukee. So I know he fans might not be happy with that one, or maybe even Sixers fans if they think they're going to get a good return or something. But um, I think, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty high on the Celtics. I mean, I think they're going to need some contributions from Robert Williams. I think, um, uh, you know, they still don't have, like, uh, a typical really guy who's going to get others involved you know, in a traditional point guard sense, they're just going to need to kind of get at that by committee through like Marcus Smart's passing and Al Horford and such. But I think, I think they could finish top four in the East. I, I, I do think that. I, I will say, I, I do think the Clippers floor is extremely low. Like I could see them just, you know, not even making the playoffs. I know I said, I think they will be a top five team in the West. Still. <laughs> um, yeah, I think so. I think just, I feel like they, are really just going to embrace their identity that was in the playoffs, which was just like going small, shooting a bunch of threes and getting contributions out of all their guys. And just Ty Lue has had them playing really well in the playoffs without Kawhi. So I, I, I also kind of feel similarly like the Clippers might really like overachieve this year. I, for one, am extremely, extremely excited to watch an Eric Bledsoe, Reggie Jackson backcourt. That sounds like <laughs> an incredible time. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. It's super chaotic. Um, yeah, no, it should be interesting for both of these teams. I, I think you, you know, you're talking about the tiers, and that might be an interesting exercise for our, our next podcast because you and I definitely see the East a little bit differently. Because um, you said you have the uh, Hawks and the Celtics in the second tier. I assume the first tier is just the Bucks and the Nets, right? Am, am I, am I yes, right Yes, no, that is correct. That is correct, yeah. So, yeah, so you have those teams ahead of Miami and Philadelphia, which um, I'm not saying I necessarily disagree with, but I, I definitely think that's kind of against conventional wisdom right now. A lot of people are high on the Heat. I'm not that high on the Heat um, or as high as other people are. You know, I saw some predictions going around, like they're going to finish first in the East, which I think is just ridiculous. Um, but yeah, maybe we'll have that discussion later, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily go as far to say that, um, maybe they're in like a third tier, like maybe I'd just throw the heat in that same tier. But so I think it's like, you can, you know, you can make the argument that the heat are above those teams or whatever, um, which you just can't, I think about that, say that any team is outside of Brooklyn and Milwaukee are in the top two. But I do think I, I, I have just higher belief in terms of title aspirations actually in the Celtics and Hawks than, than the heat, I think just, which mostly relies on just my, I, I kind of, the, the aging of Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry. And also just they're I think they're just going to have some real offensive limitations, especially if they're running, you know, two non shooters with Bam and Jimmy out there with PJ Tucker, who's really kind of a non shooter as well. Um, and I just think they're going to need a lot from like Tyler hero and Duncan Robinson. And, and maybe they'll get that. I think Tyler hero, Maybe we'll play better. I probably will play better than he did last season, but we'll see. It, 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 maybe, maybe I'm not um, valuing their defense high enough because I mean they they do have the potential to put one of the best defenses out there in the league. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, like I said, I, I think that's a discussion that we can have, and I think like it's really interesting. You know, maybe we'll tier because we didn't, we unfortunately did not get to the season preview, like a real season preview for every team. So I think doing a tiering discussion would be interesting. Just for some context, neither one of these players are in the top 10 for the current MVP odds. The top five right now are Luka, Giannis, Embiid, Kevin Durant, and Steph Curry. I didn't even mention KD. Um, Paul George is 14th, and Jason Tatum is 10th currently. Um, okay. So super outside chances. Uh, I think it is interesting that we both went with like bold predictions. That wasn't necessarily a requirement for this. Um, <laughs> but uh, That's... Maybe my boldest prediction, or my boldest of my specific predictions, I'd say. Um. Oh, interesting. I think I have one that's bolder. But why don't you okay. go on with your second specific prediction? So my second prediction is that I think the Jazz will continue to dominate and get the first seed in the West again. I'll I'll go 
pretty specific there in terms of their placement in the West. I think this team could just be a machine in the regular season. They had a ridiculous offense last year and a ridiculous defense in the regular season. And I uh, I think the additions of Eric Paschal and Rudy Gay may allow them to play some more flexible, switchable lineups. Um, after seeing what happened with Rudy Gobert in that drop in the playoffs, I think, I think Gobert, too, maybe could be an effective switching player, like if they just practiced it more in the regular season. Kind of similar to what the Bucks went through when they last year they they you know they started to experiment more, even switch with Brook Lopez a little bit, and that that became a look that they even used in the playoffs. So I think it's just up to Quinn Snyder to understand you know what's going to get them wins in the regular season, while also knowing that you know just that conventional drop scheme with Gobert dropping to the rim and it's not going to work. Especially, I mean, it's not going to work against a lot of teams anyway, and that's what what we saw got them exposed against the Clippers last year, but. Um, yeah, what do, what do you? Uh, I have some more thoughts, but what, what do you think uh, off the bat about that? I tend to agree. I really think the only two true contenders for the number one seed in the West right now are the Jazz and the Suns. Um, I, I just don't see the Lakers, for one, you know, trying as hard as those two teams in the regular season, um, and really putting it together. I think the other two teams might just be better, uh, better regular season teams, I should say, and. Um, we talked about it before. We both don't really like the additions the Lakers made. Um, you know, I, I guess I could I could see the Warriors maybe. You know, if 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 Clay is like really good, being in the top um, two or three seeds. But I, I I think that's a pretty good prediction. I, I think I can. I, I don't know about the whole Rudy Gobert being a switchable player. I, I think the biggest thing with that is is his mentality. Um, and it seems like he just was refusing to do that last year. Uh, so I, I, it'll be interesting to see how they utilize him. Right. Um, you know, he, and, I mean, he, people focus a little bit on the scheme, a lot on the scheme, and obviously that's important. But, like, Gobert's natural tendency is to just, you know, help off super guys. And even though Terrence Mann was punishing them the same way, you know, he would still, you know, overhelp in that series. I mean, and, and there were other problems with the Jazz. I mean, the Jazz also perhaps need a few just perimeter defenders too and that might be the issue that they run into the playoffs because they just don't have besides Royce O'Neal like a guy that's really going to stop wings at the point of attack so yeah I I agree with you though that like it's 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 a little bit of the scheme but it's also just like the way he successfully plays defense in the regular season it's hard to translate yeah and you know I I will say you know we have seen a transformation. I think the Bucks are kind of similar. They obviously don't have anyone like Giannis. Um, but I think, like, after last season, they can kind of look at what they did well, build on that, but also make the appropriate adjustments to help them be more successful in the playoffs. Um, I-, I do expect there to be a lot of regression from their role players. I mean, I don't expect Jordan Clarkson to have a similar season like he did last year. Uh, and he was just so pivotal to them. Yeah coming off the bench. Uh, I mean, do you? Do you think he'll be as good? I just No, I said that's probably fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I am a big fan of Donovan Mitchell. I think you know that. I think he somehow went from overrated to underrated. Like, I think he actually is really underrated and is in – if not that – he's not in that top tier necessarily of NBA player, but I think he can be. Uh, so I could see him just coming out and having a great season – but like I said, I, I, I if I if I had to put my money on the line, I would pick the Suns to have the first seed in the West. Um, but I, I do like, I do like your reasoning. I mean, I could definitely That's see fair. that happening. Uh, that Landry Shamit contract though today. <laughs> I, I will I will push back a little bit one. though about your you know it's a specific prediction, but you said the Jazz would dominate. What is that? Is that just you just mean they'll finish first in the West? Is that your specific prediction? Um, I, well, I mean, I, I think dominate. Yeah. Uh, I mean, last year they were, I think first in offense and second in defense or something like that, kind of putting up unprecedented, unprecedented numbers. So I just think that, yeah, like I think they'll get, you know, we're playing an 82 game season, so I can see them nearing 60 games and also just blowing out opposition that aren't, that aren't near their caliber. Okay, fair enough. But I want I want something specific. So when we come back in uh, <laughs> April, we can see if you're right. <laughs> okay, how about okay? They finish the first seed. Okay, I'm gonna okay. Let's go. Mm, okay, <laughs> okay. I'll go 63 wins, 
and we're gonna feel better about them going to this. Okay, you don't have to playoffs. say sixty-three wins. Um, are you saying at least sixty-three wins? Yeah, 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 at least sixty-three okay. wins. Which that is still, I mean, that's phenomenal. an amazing season. Yeah. yeah, that would be a phenomenal season. I, I would. Wow. Okay, so that that honestly, I think is bolder than your last prediction. Um, <laughs> all right, let's go on to my second prediction. Um, I'm really excited about this one. I 100% believe in this one. And it is Giannis will shoot better from the mid-range than Anthony Davis. Uh, so just for some context, <laughs> um, last year uh, from the uh, short or like mid-mid-range, Giannis shot 35%. Anthony Davis shot 48%. Um, but actually from the longer mid-range, uh, according to Cleaning Glass, um, Giannis actually outshot Anthony Davis 38% to 36%. Overall, though, AD was 43% from the mid-range. And uh, Giannis was 36%. And look, I know what you're thinking. I'm overreacting to two preseason games. But I do think there is something there. Giannis looks so much more confident, so much more sure of himself. Uh, His release looks slightly different. It looks like his uh, elbow is tucked in more. You know, he kind of chicken-winged it a lot last year. Um, His moves look a lot more fluid um his you know just his turnaround um and really any of his you know counters uh in the mid-range i think look a lot more fluid in the i've granted in the preseason um and i just i really think Giannis is going to you know absolutely dominate this season and i think one of the aspects of his domination is going to be his um huge improvement in the mid-range game what do you think um well as a bucks fan i heard this i certainly hope so but i think yeah i think i think you know Giannis and anthony davis have always been probably more similar similar jump shooters in terms of accuracy than people probably realize but i think after seeing the way Giannis was able to merge like those like uh, getting to the rim and using those those little uh, shots in the floater range those hook shots those push shots, I think seeing him able to merge those two aspect of his, aspects of his game is going to make him a better player. And I think that, um, I also think that, you know, everyone saw what he did in the playoffs last year. And I think that he's going to have more confidence in t- taking those shots. And he's going to use them more as counters rather than just kind of, sometimes what he would do is just kind of like force up a jump shot just because, you know, opposition was shooting jump shots or whatever. It felt like he had to take control of a game. Now I think he realizes the right balance to like get to the paint. If not, I have my counter. And I think Anthony Davis has actually been really good at that um, in certain uh, contexts. So I think, yeah, I, 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 I respect that prediction. And I think even if even taking Anthony Davis out of it, I, I think Giannis is going to have a more well-rounded game going into the playoffs this year. Yeah, I mean, that's just the specific prediction part, right? He's going to... Right, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, but... Uh, no, I'm gonna need to make some of these, uh, some of uh, these, these last, this last one a bit more specific, I guess, because uh, yeah, I, I, it's, I, it's called I forgot... specific predictions. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, and, and for the listener, the whole point is to have something uh, specific and not just like your regular milk toast analysis, which is not what you're doing, but um, you know, that's just the point to make us think about it in that way. Um, but you're, you're right in the fact that. You know, Anthony Davis is perceived as a as a far superior jump shooter to Giannis, and he really hasn't been. Uh, you know, Anthony De- Anthony Davis is a career thirty one percent three point shooter. Uh, Giannis is twenty eight percent. Anthony Davis shot twenty six percent from three last year in thirty six games, and uh, Giannis, I believe, shot thirty uh, percent. So, and Giannis has made more career threes than Anthony Davis. I'm just putting that out there, <laughs> um, but. I think Giannis is going to be good in the mid-range, um, you know, and, and like I said before, just to reiterate, Anthony Davis was 43% from the mid-range, Giannis was 36%. Um, I think Anthony Davis will probably be around the same number. I'm expecting Giannis to reach that 43 44% this season. You know, in the preseason game against the Jazz, uh, if you take a look at his shot chart, I think he only hit one or two shots in the paint, um, but he, you know, he made a bunch of shots, and they were all like in the mid range or behind the three point line. So, I'm really excited to see how that transfers uh, into this season. And 
I think, you know, playing free after a championship is, is a real thing. Uh, and I think it's going to really help uh, Giannis just, just be a better player this year. All right, what is your third specific prediction? Um. Okay, so uh, <laughs> I'm going to say what I have down in my notes, and then I'm going to... And then I'm going to try to make it a little bit more specific because you're going to specify. Yes, I, I I did need to do a bit of a better job the way Total Soccer Show does it. Um, so what I had initially will be Cavs will be a respectable defensive team and in the playoff plan mix. I'm going to say now they will finish in the ugh, top twelve. Sounds so like not impressive, but <laughs> I, I, but it could be impressive if like they're okay. They'll be only like less than three games back of the play-in at worst. How about that? And then they will also be a top... Wait, you're not what? even going to predict them to make the play-in? The East is deep. You're the one who's okay. been telling me this the whole time, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and then respectable defensive team. I mean, they've been, like, really bad the last few years. So uh, let's say top 17 defense for, for the Cavaliers. By what metric? Right. By defense <laughs> points allowed per 100 possessions. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. I, <laughs> and so is, I, that yeah. Just, is that just like an Evan Mobley effect and also having Jared Allen? Is that why you think they'll be better defensively? Or yeah. Was... Yeah, I think especially – so, yeah, they, they were playing those Mobley-Allen lineups in the preseason, and I'm not exactly sure how well it's going to work offensively, but I think those could be pretty good defensively. I think those guys are pretty versatile and – and I just really believe in Evan Mobley's defensive impact and how that can translate into the league. And he's, he's looked uh, just really comfortable. And um, I also am expecting a leap from Isaac Okoro. I mean, you look at Isaac Okoro's, like, offensive numbers, and, like, he's just really not great. So I think he's going to need to make uh, an improvement there. But that shows you, like, the reason why he's playing is because is because of his defensive impact and you can see it he's he's got length he's got he's he's got the effort is definitely there and that's why he made an all-rookie team last year um i i think now they still have that backcourt but i think that with that wing defender and with that um the rim protection and this and uh behind them and some switchability and evan mobley i think i think they are going to see improvements from defensively and i think they're only they were 28th last season in defense yeah, and I, I think those are all uh, good points. I, I think it'll be an exciting and interesting team to watch. I, I do think the East is deep. I mean, and and by deep, I mean I don't think there's much separating teams 6 through, like, 13. Um, and, uh, you know, I think Cleveland is definitely in the mix. What is notable is Colin Sexton uh, did not get an extension today. Um Along with DeAndre Ayton and Dante DiVincenzo, so interesting to see what, what happens with those guys. But um, I thought there was an Ayton update earlier, but I could be wrong. You, you, you could be right about that. I thought Ayton may have gotten like a late day extension. He, I believe he didn't get one, but you could be right. I, I'm going to look into that right now. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I, I think their team is just weird to me. Like, I don't really get it. I don't really understand the construction of it. Um, They don't really have... I mean, who's their best wing? They traded away Larry Nance. Yeah, Isaac Okoro, I guess. (laughs) But Okoro's not, like, a a three, is he? I mean, I guess he is. Um, I don't know. Yeah, he can play some three, he can play some four. He's like a a six, 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 seven... Yeah, I mean, okay, maybe, I don't know. I I do think they can be in the top 12. I think that's definitely possible. Yeah, I know. Um, now that I'm thinking about it, what I'm saying is not all that impressive at all. <laughs> I mean, the defense, the defense, I think, um, is it could be impressive. Uh, they do play in a pretty crappy division, but, well, actually, you know what? The division might not be too bad this year. Um We'll see how Expe- expecting some season. yeah yeah I was gonna say the Pacers the I Bulls. mean with Carlisle I expect I expect them to be definitely better than last season yeah the bu- the Bulls too yeah um it looks like Aiton did not get an extension so yeah okay my bad He's, my bad that's uh that's crazy um so maybe we'll see him on the Bucks next year uh, <laughs> I actually don't know if I want that um but moving on let's go to my next specific prediction and uh, my specific prediction is Michael Porter Jr. will make his first All-Star game this season. Um, so, you know, Michael Porter Jr. has 
improved a lot in the last two years. Um, you know, in his first uh, full year, he uh, had some flashes. He looked really good, especially towards the end of the season. Last year, he sort of burst onto the scene. Uh, he ended up averaging 19 points a game last season. Uh, but notably, he averaged over 22 points a game once Jamal Murray went down. Uh, he's going to have to carry a lot of the offensive load this season. We don't know when Jamal Murray's going to be coming back. The earliest I've seen possible is January, and obviously that's pretty close to the All-Star game. So I think Michael Porter Jr.'s numbers, Michael Porter Jr.'s numbers, excuse me, will be um, really, really eye-popping, eye-catching this year. Um, I think he could average, you know, 24, 25 points a game at least. Uh, and he's just a fun player to watch. You know, his personal beliefs aside, he's a fun player to watch. He can really score from anywhere on the court. He's so smooth. Uh, he's unflappable uh, with people in his face. I just, I'm a big believer uh, in him. And, you know, defense doesn't really matter in terms of all-star appearances. <laughs> Unless you're... Rudy Gobert, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, he did even get bet a little better on defense last season, so we can give him credit for that. But I agree with you. He is a very exciting player to watch. And an all-star game, that, that's that's a pretty big deal. I think, you, you, yeah, um, I don't know if you mentioned this, but yeah, maybe uh, a bit of more inflated numbers because of Jamal Murray's absence and a bigger role throughout the season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah and I think, uh, yeah, no, I mean... I think, yeah, that, I think that's a decent prediction. And, I mean, like, you're also, I guess, factoring in that, like, Kawhi Leonard's out, so, like, there's mm -hmm. another, there's another, um, yeah. Sorry if you said yeah. both of those things. I was, I was. <laughs> I, I didn't, Sorry, I didn't say Kawhi, I did not say Kawhi was out, um, but I was going to. Uh, so, so last season, the, the starters from the West were uh, Steph, Luka, LeBron, Kawhi, and Jokic. And then um, on the bench, you had Devin Booker, Mike Conley, Dame Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, Anthony Davis, Paul George, Zion, and Rudy. Um, I don't expect Mike Conley to be there <laughs> this season. Um, I also, obviously, Kawhi's not going to be there. There are some, you know, interesting players, um, aside from Michael Porter Jr., that could make it. Um, you know, John Morant, he hasn't made an all-star game yet, um, and he's in the West. Um, you know, uh uh, Devin White, I think, you know, maybe he'll have a good season. Um, Der Derek White. I meant to say DeJounte Murray, not Derek yeah, White. Yeah, got your um, yeah. <laughs> I always get those two confused. <laughs> I, no, Derek White's not going to make the All-Star game. DeJounte Murray, I think, has a shot uh, to make the All-Star game, especially if the Spurs are, like, halfway decent. Um, so, yeah, there's some intriguing options out there. Um, yeah, I like yeah, I mean, that one. I, I don't have too much more to say on that one. Um, what is your last specific prediction? Um, so, I mean, okay, this is, this is also not that specific, but the East will be almost as good as the West is, is, my, specific, is my specific prediction. Just with the injuries of Jamal or Murray, Kawhi, it feels like there's just generally more aging on that side of the conference with like, yeah, it just feels like the, the, the East is a bit younger. Um, the Rockets and the Thunder are tanking the Kings. I'm not sure if they're going to make a leap there. I'm expecting some regression from Dallas with the Jason Kidd hire. Um, Minnesota, I honestly, I was a little bit excited to see them play. But, you know, with all the drama in their front office, who knows really what's going on there. And there's just a lot of good teams in the East, like we've talked about. So, can, can I, okay, I, um, I'm, uh, the East is going to win 45% uh, of their games against the West. How about that? Okay, I mean, I, I think that could be even higher. Um, really? I think the two best teams in the NBA are in the East. No, that's true, for sure. Um, and I, I think the, the top tier in the West is closer to the second tier in the East. Um, I mean, I do, think, I do think the Suns and the Lakers and the Jazz are, are better than whoever's going to finish third or fourth in the East. Um, and maybe, I, maybe I'm short-selling the Lakers too much. Um, I probably am. They're probably just going to end up being good because, you know, they have LeBron and Anthony Davis. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think 45%, I think it could be even more than that. But I do like that. I think um, the bottom, uh, the middle of the East, I think, could beat up on the bottom of the West, like you said. And I think, like, that could really help the record, um, the records going forward. For sure. But I like that one. As, I'm glad, I'm as glad Sam Presti wants, yeah. I'm, yeah, exactly. I'm, gl I'm glad you specified because, yeah, 
we definitely we definitely need that. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't have too much to say about that. Um, I'm a Big East guy. I want not a Big East. I, you know, don't care about that <laughs> conference. But um, I, I do think the East, you know, they get disrespected just a little too much. So uh, I hope you're right on that one. All right, so that uh, concludes our specific prediction segment. If you guys have any sp- specific predictions you want to share with us, um, make sure you email us. Our email is in the description below or hit us up on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you guys. All right, uh, now let's move on to the awards discussions. We're going to be talking about four awards, MVP, Most Improved Player, Rookie of the Year, Coach of the Year, and those are the four. Uh, and we're just going to predict who we think is going to win. Why don't we start from least important to most important, I guess. <laughs> okay. Um, which, to me, least important is Coach of the Year. It's a stupid award. I don't know what the criteria is. Last year, Tom Thibodeau won because he overachieved. Uh, other coaches have won because they just had the best team. Uh, Dwayne Casey sometimes... won and got fired. I mean, I don't really, <laughs> I don't really know what the purpose of the award is. Um, and sometimes it feels like they give it out because they should have given it out last year. You know, <laughs> right? Like that kind of thing. Like right. Steve it's Kerr a... didn't get it his first season with the Warriors, but then he got it the next year. I mean, he, which he should have gotten anyway because they won seventy three games. But like, still. <laughs> right exactly well and and that's why i think nate mcmillan could win and i think he might be a good shout this year um because to me he that was a better coaching job than the knicks but um i, I had james borrego and the only reason i'm saying that is i think maybe charlotte finishes in the top six or five in the east they have a good record uh Lamelo looks really good in his second season um you know the role players come together and, and they they go on a nice little run uh, I think uh, Steve Nash probably, for real, ends up winning the award. Um, Interesting. But, uh, Steve Nash is the odds-on favorite, actually, I believe. Interesting. I, um, that surprises me, because I feel like people... I don't know. I feel like people will just default to... I mean, you know, assuming the team's, like, so talented that, like, how much, you know, like, that makes up for any, any coaching, really. Well, I mean, we'll see, you know, how... I think Steve Nash did do a good job last year, though. No, he did. Uh, we'll, we'll see. I could see, you know, with Kyrie not being there and them still having, you know, the best record in the East, maybe, like, the, the promoters being like, he did a really good job still, you know, dominating the rest of the NBA. I think that's sort of the logic. Um, who, who did you have? Um, I had Quinn Snyder, which I think goes well into okay. my jazz. I, and I think, like, there's also the argument that, like, he should have won it last year or maybe... I mean, you could make the last year you could have made the argument for Monty Williams too, um, along with maybe a couple others. But I think Quinn Snyder is a good shout. I, he's I, I think who I would predict based on how good I think the Jazz will be again this season. And I also think Nate McMillan would be a good one if they can finish in the top four, just based on how much. Also, a situation where the voters might be like, we should give him credit for like completely turning around uh, that team last year and being really one of the most dominant teams after. He, be- he became in charge and leading them to the Eastern Conference Finals and beating a Sixers team who they were not favored against. So, yeah, yeah I, I think I that would, he would probably be my second. I, Monty maybe could win it. I, I, I am not as high on the Suns as you are, I don't think. Um, so, yeah. I'm going to be I, honest, I, I'm not really high on anyone in the West. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, like, I, I'm not convinced by the Suns or the Jazz or the Lakers. Um, I mean, the Suns could get some internal improvement. I, I, for some reason, I probably shouldn't be because he's just so smart and, like, one of the smartest players I've ever seen play and can make up for so much. Uh, I just think I am expecting a, a big regression for, for Chris Paul this year. So I think that's factoring it kind of into my... I think uh, we could see a big regression from, from definitely from Chris Paul. Um I think we will see some improvement um, in Mikel Bridges, who, who got uh, uh, his extension today. I think DeAndre Ayton will improve. Um, and I think the biggest um, jump we'll see is Cam Johnson. And I think he'll turn into a real contributor this year mm. for that team. That, that'd um, be a good most improved player candidate. If... Yeah, I'm, I'm rethinking it now because I, I love Cam Johnson. I think, I mean, he can do pretty much everything um at a decent level i mean he's not going to create his own shot uh that often although he did in that third quarter of game three of the nba finals against the bucks he was <laughs> doing everything including yeah. that dunk over pj tucker um but yeah no 
I, I I like that. I like the Quinn Snyder. I could see that definitely happening. Um, you know, I could see the Bucks winning 65 games or something, but I just don't see Mike Budenholzer winning uh, the award again. Yeah. Um, uh, I could see, you know, maybe Rick Carlisle. I mean, this is the problem. Like, what? What? It, like, who? <laughs> Could see kind of anyone. I couldn't honestly, you know. I I bet Jason Kidd gets some votes this year if the the, the Mavericks are halfway decent, even though he's an awful coach. Um, <laughs> and if if the Heat are as good as everyone says they're going to be, then I think Eric Spoelstra actually will probably win it. Now that I'm thinking about it, um, that just seems like uh, the type of person they would give the award to. That sounded really bitter, but it's not. I'm just saying, you know, they'll be a good team. They don't have, like, a true superstar, so um, I, I think the voters will go with that, uh, with with uh, Spolstra. So I gave, like, four answers, but it's not specific predictions, so it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> so let's move into most improved player. So I actually had Michael Porter Jr., because um, this is Ooh. also a award that sometimes, you know, lags a year behind. Um, but... I would say I, that lags too much, I think. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I was... Uh, let me pull up the odds again, because I was looking at the odds earlier, and I was it was kind of um, ridiculous. Why don't you share yours while, while I'm looking that up? Because wasn't he on the ballot last year? Or, like, or like finish in the top? I feel like that probably... I, I, I really don't know how this works, but that seems like it sh- he shouldn't be able to, like, <laughs> you know, be well, on... He proves a lot. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's possible, but I think he really did make a huge jump last season. I mean, maybe, yeah, yeah, huge well, jump yeah, last season. Well, yeah, he went from averaging 9 points a game to 19. That is a huge jump. <laughs> right. Um, but I think he can go from 19 to, like, 24, 25. Which arguably is a harder jump, yeah, like, to make. Yeah, exactly. So that's fair. I mean, no, I mean, I, yeah. Again, this is the problem with awards. It's like, it's like it's not even like I disagree with anything you're saying. We're, 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 <laughs> we're just uh, speculating how people will interpret, like, these weird arbitrary rules on how to award players but my most improved player i have deandre hunter i think he was whoa what i like that no yeah yeah they're going to his third season i think he was they never give it from season one to season two but season two to three i think you can do it um i think he was a very solid when he was on the court last year um he was very solid defensively i think if he can get that three-point accuracy up um and just get a little bit more efficient like he did last season I think he can win it, and I think the Hawks are going to be really good this year. So, and I, and I really, I really like a lot of their players they have around them, around him. So I don't think his role is going to be like. I think he can just kind of embrace a three and D role, who can, who can get his own looks a bit. So I, I think, I think DeAndre Hunter um, could definitely be in that mix. Like he just needs to stay healthy because last year he he did not get to play many games. That is an interesting one. I don't see it happening just because I I just don't see him averaging the amount of points I think you need to win that award. Right. Um, That's a good point. I, well, so since 2012, these have been the most improved players in the NBA. Paul George, Goran Dragic, Jimmy Butler, CJ McCollum, Giannis, Victor Oladipo, Pascal Siakam, Brandon Ingram, Julius Randle. So guys who are all-stars. Um, and I think... I just don't see DeAndre Hunter doing that. I think if we do our own reward, our own awards, <laughs> yeah, he, he he could win that. Um, I I think we could see a huge improvement for him. I just don't think he's going to get the volume um, that he needs to to win this award. No, you're right. Um, At the end of the year, maybe we can do like our awards. And yeah, my prediction is that DeAndre Hunter will be my most improved player of the year. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's interesting is um, the Pacers and the Magic have had uh, five most improved players each, uh, the most in NBA history. Wow. Uh, um, so uh, to the odds, I'm just going to share the odds with you. Um, uh, tied for first place are Shea and Zion. And, like, that's where it's weird to me. Like, how can Zion win most improved, right? Like, how much more... I mean, maybe he will. Maybe he'll just become a dominant player this season. But he but... was dominant offensively last year. No, like, exactly I... right, <laughs> and I feel like he's he was on the he was on the bat he was one of the leading vote getters last year. I think maybe. Um, so Shea's an interesting one, but do we see him improving that much? I mean, he had a great stat line last season. 
Um, yeah, I don't. And then I Michael Porter really is third, actually. Michael Porter's third. Uh, Kevin okay. Porter Jr. is fourth, and Zach Levine and Colin Sexton are tied for fifth and sixth. And then there's some interesting names: Christian Wood, Jaron Jackson, Jalen Brown, which I also don't really understand. John Collins, Chris Boucher, Darren Fox. You know, I mean, he could have won any of the last two years. Jeremy Grant. I mean, he could have won last year. Yeah. Uh, I think an interesting one to watch is Tyrese Halliburton. Don't see him like really improving his numbers, but um, we'll see. Ben Simmons is somehow in the top 15. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe if he shoots threes, they'll just give him the award. (laughs) Um, But but, uh, the the two guys that I don't see on here that I could see getting some buzz are um, Lonzo Ball and uh, Anthony Edwards. Um, I I think we could see Anthony Edwards – uh, really show out the season um, and have some gaudy numbers. Lonzo being in a uh, big market on an interesting team and um, potentially being, um, I'm not going to say a focal point, but, but being someone who's important to that team, uh, I think he could. He has a shot of winning. Um, kind of like a Julius Randle, uh, most improved player. Uh, that Yeah, in that same vein, I guess. Yeah. What do, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think those are some good shouts. Uh, yeah, I mean, I that, when you laid it out there, I think I, I actually, yeah, I, I guess Michael Porter is a pretty good is a pretty good shout because he's definitely going to be like a volume scorer who's like mm-hmm. going to ascend into all stardom. I, I think, yeah, which whereas DeAndre Hunter, I mean, he's he's not never going to be the Hawks' best player or really like a star on that team, so. Um, I, I, I yeah I, th- I think those are some good names it, it is it is just really interesting the like mental gymnastics like voters probably have to like do to like <laughs> well, it, it, it looks like it looks like the criteria changed in 2012 when I started listing them okay. because the, the five years before that it was Hito Turgaloo Danny Granger who actually had an incredible season in 2008 uh, Aaron Brooks in 2009 which is crazy to me um, and then Kevin Love and Ryan Anderson in 2011. So I, I, but those names I listed, I feel like are pretty impressive names in the last eight or nine years or whatever. Um, I mean, so I, that's why I think Michael Porter, I think like he is, he's an emerging superstar. I will say we keep on talking about the West and we ha- like, I've talked about Michael Porter a lot, but we have not mentioned the Nuggets at all. <laughs> um, so I think they could be really good too this season, even if Jamal Murray, you know, doesn't come back until February or March. Um, let's do rookie of the year. Who is your rookie of the year? Um, I okay. I have. I, I think I want to say Scotty Barnes. I just think he's he looked so good in summer league. I think he he's looked really good in preseason, and I just think there's like so much infrastructure there for development. Like in in Toronto, we've seen what they've done with so many young players and make them good players. I mean, and in this case, Scotty Barnes is like a top five pick, so like he he's got even more potential. And we all know that than most of the players they've developed into real useful players. And I I I I I just think I don't know the the Tampa Raptors do not count. I don't think last year's Raptors count, and I think the Raptors. I cannot see them not being the play-in game. Like I, I feel like some people have them out. I've seen that. I've seen that a bit this year. But like with some of the talent they have, with Nick Nurse, I, I just I, I don't see it. And I think Scotty Barnes honestly is going to be on a more relevant team than most of these other top rookies, right? But. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, Scotty Barnes is someone I was going to say. Um, he just seems a little too, you know. NBA nerd answer like it's too much to get NBA nerd answer yeah. to be honestly for the award. <laughs> um, I went with Jalen Green because you know I think Cade is gonna have a better season than Jalen Green, and, and by better I just mean like more efficient and more productive probably. I think Scotty Barnes will too. I think you know Jalen Suggs probably has a more productive season. I think Jalen Green is going to be on the worst team out of all those players. And he's going to have the most volume out of all those players. And right. I think that simply that's why he's going to win uh, that award. Did you he, did you see his uh, like Odell catch in the preseason? Yeah, yeah, I did. That was honestly <laughs> one of the most incredible plays I've ever seen on a basketball court. Like, that was I don't, wild. 
I that was the I, that was insane. Um, but yeah, I know. I just think he's just gonna put up numbers, probably shooting like forty percent from the field. But I don't think that really matters in terms of this award. Uh, so. Yeah, yeah I feel like, you know, I feel like some years Anthony Edwards is like maybe would have won last year, but like LaMelo was like that mix of like played on a bit more of a relevant team, contributed, just like had a more consistent season from start to finish, even though he got injured at the end and was like flashy and like everyone loved watching him. So like, even though he had like lower like scoring numbers than Anthony Edwards, he got like all those little edges over him. So I think like an Anthony Edwards-esque type of season could win this season with Jalen yeah. Green, like you're describing. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe maybe I'm wrong. You know, the list of Rookie of the Years are pretty impressive. Um, the last few years, we've had Cat, Malcolm Brogdon, um, which, you know, maybe should have been a Joel Embiid, but um, Ben Simmons, Luca, John Morant, and LaMelo. So, uh, you know, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe And maybe looking at this, it just will be Cade. Yeah, I know, because he's just the best. I believe he's the best player, so. Right, right. I mean, if, yeah. So, and he, he probably will have a good mix of good numbers, productivity. I, I could see the Pistons being actually decent this year. Um, and also uh, being efficient. Um, so, uh, all right. So the last and most important award, MVP. Who do you got for MVP? Um, what about Defensive Player of the Year? You did not text me that one, but... Um, uh, I probably <laughs> did, but... <laughs> um, I, oh, did, did. I did, that I did, I did. That is yep, my fault. Yep. I'm glad um, we both checked there. But <laughs> that is my fault, but why don't you go first, and I will make a decision. <laughs> um, I'm going to say Joel Embiid. I think, I think the Sixers' mm. defense is going to sustain this year, and I think people may be more inclined to give Embiid this award if there's not like another All-NBA caliber player on their team. And now it's looking like Simmons is going to start the season there and play, but I... I he should be traded at some point this season. I, I think he probably will be. So I think that like Joel Embiid carrying that defense, because I think he's just such an excellent defender in the regular season. And it's honestly like, I feel like his defense just doesn't seem to be talked about that much, but I think like when he's locked in and like when he's playing, like, he, I mean, I, he can guard, he can guard effective fours and fives, but also just be like that rim protector you need. And I think he's been a big reason why the Sixers have had a really good defense over the last few years and why it's so tough to score against them. So, um, huh. yeah, I think, uh, I think, I think I, I, the only, I mean, the problem is health. You worry about Joel Embiid, but I think he could be, uh, I think he could, uh, he's my pick for defensive player of the year. I, I like that pick. It's interesting that you say that he doesn't get the love he, he should on defense. And that's, I think that's partly true. Um, but I do think, you know, whenever we have a discussion about Joel Embiid and like Jokic, like that does come up. Um, sure. Sure. But I, but I feel like he's not thought of in, like, that two-way player discussion, which is always a weird term. T- two-way like, is such a stupid term. Yeah. <laughs> like, LeBron is the best two-way player in the NBA, or, like, Giannis is the best two-way player in the NBA. Um, but whatever. Um, yeah, I, I... So, right now, the odds on... As of October 15th, the odds on favorite is Rudy Gobert, which, please, God, no. Um... And uh, tied uh, for second and third are Ben Simmons and Anthony Davis. I just, I do not see Ben Simmons winning it because I just, I think there's too much negativity around him um, for him to win that award. Um, You know, I I, I like the Joel Embiid, who I would really love, love to see win the award is Drew Holiday. And I think, um, you know, He's gone sort of under the radar for his entire career, but now being on the NBA champions. And also, people could not stop talking about his defense during the playoffs last year. Maybe that gives him the, you know, the recognition he deserves, and he could be um, you know, top three in Defensive Player of the Year voting. Because you know, a, lot of, a lot of players, especially guards in the NBA, consider him the best defender in the NBA. Uh, and he's someone who can guard um, one through three, and you know, maybe one through four. He's pretty strong. Um, and, you know, in my opinion, is the best on-ball defender in the NBA. Um, is that controversial? I don't think that's controversial, right? I do not think that's controversial. And I think you can really, like, I don't, 
like one yeah you're right like like his primary matchups are going to be one through three one through four but like really like if most centers try to like post up drew holiday it's really not that good of an idea <laughs> yeah no, like he, yeah. he's and, just that good i mean people saw him lock certain players up um last year in the playoffs i think if he has big performances in, in the bucks you know sort of marquee matchups he might he might get some buzz honestly if i were gonna bet on a sixers player it would be matisse Thybul. I mean, sorry, besides Joel Embiid. Uh, I'm just basically saying I don't believe Ben Simmons will win the award. I think Matisse Thybul is another guy people love. I mean, he's pretty well-loved everywhere in the mainstream media, you know, NBA Twitter. <laughs> it's insane. Um, I mean, he, he made second-team all-defense last year playing, like, 22 minutes a game, and, and, I, and yeah. I mean, he deserved it. Like, <laughs> No, he's he's awesome. Um, he's, he's an awesome defender. So uh, he probably will need to play more minutes to win the award, but um, yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, I I would love Drew Holiday to win it. I think Anthony Davis probably ends up winning it. Um, so so the the only thing, so quick quick Drew Holiday thing. I, I yeah, I mean, I I would I would like Holiday to win it too. And I think like when it comes down to it, if you like, you're just talking about one on one defenders, like you said, I think he's he's close to the best there is, or the best there is. But yeah, I think just like people look at like team defense and how players contribute to team defense in the regular season, and I think. Drew Holiday, just, like, I just don't actually think he does that in, in the regular season as much as, like, Rudy Gobert does. But I don't think they're going to want to give the award, really, to Rudy so Gobert. Basically, so, basically, you're saying off-ball defense is more important than on-ball defense in terms of this award. Well, I'm... Uh, okay, that's not necessarily true. No, I'm not... I take that back. But, I mean, I don't... I mean, I get what you're saying. But if Why? Why? If, the Jazz... I mean, okay, so, like, the Jazz, Drew Holiday did not lead, I mean, even though he also, well, okay, but what I'm saying is, is like, the Jazz don't have, like, any good defenders besides Royce O'Neal and Rudy Gobert, and they were the they were the second-best defensive team in the league last year. Like, I just don't think a guard can really do that for you. Okay, fair enough. I mean, I think we're sort of arguing, like, you know, what's more important in, um... NFL Defensive Player of the Year, the amount of interceptions you get, or the fact that you're not being targeted at all. Um, and that's, like, kind of how I view Drew Holiday. He's, like, a shutdown corner. You just put... You you assign him to someone, and he's going to shut them down um, better than anyone else can in the NBA. And, like, that should probably mean something um, in terms of Defensive Player of the Year. I, I know that's... I'm not... I know you're saying it doesn't. I'm, I, I know you're not necessarily disagreeing with me. I'm just saying. Um, right. And also... Rudy Gobert doesn't deserve this many awards. He doesn't deserve to be considered. I think you know Andrew Sharp put it best. I, I think he said this, but he doesn't deserve to be in like rarefied air, in my opinion. Like he's just not. He's not that player. He's not a player that other NBA players fear, which I think is interesting, because maybe I think he is a little underrated by his his peers, but. I just, I don't know, man. I think what people saw in the playoffs last year, I think that's going to stick with people um, and, and maybe, you know, make them move away move away from um, voting for Rudy Gobert, which you didn't even say Rudy Gobert is going to win it. You said Embiid. Um, right, but, right, and, right. No, I was just kind of explaining, or I was just saying, like, why Gobert is, is, has been getting the award and, like, why it kind of... No, I get it. ...makes yeah. sense that he you know, is, is attributed to more defensive success than, than Drew Holiday, you know, for the Bucks. I mean, also, the, the issue with Drew Holiday is that, like, they have another all-world defender on their roster. So, I, I, don't, I yeah. don't know how much people will try to parse that out when trying to give a Defensive Player of the Year award. Right. But the Anthony well, Davis... I'm... Go ahead, go ahead. The Anthony Davis question is interesting. Um, do, so, do, so, do you think the Lakers will have a good defense this year? Because they have, oh, the last two seasons with Frank Vogel, they've had, like, an excellent defense. Even without Anthony Davis and LeBron for a lot of the year last season, they somehow did it. But now, you know, you lost KCP, you lost Caruso. Um, uh, no, they'll have a bad defense. Yeah, I think they I, don't have a great defense. So that that's the only thing, yeah, I, it'll be interesting. I think Anthony Davis, and I, I wanted to talk about this maybe a little bit with the Giannis season, this is a big year for him. He, he like... He needs to play like A plus level, I think, for that for their for their defense to be 
as good it has been in years past and for them to really make that contending leap. Okay, well, I contending leaps a little. They just won the title two years ago. Um, well, yeah, but the roster is different, though. And Anthony Davis did play at an A-plus level back then. Actually, they <laughs> but he didn't won the NBA year. title. They won the t- NBA title literally a calendar year ago, which is wild. Um, no, yeah, no, I agree. I agree with you. <laughs> that, um, I, that that's that's true, and I think like honestly, you know, with the Drew Holiday question too. Last year, the Bucks defense was worse than it was the last the previous two years um, when he came to the team, and I think like that probably hurt his case as well. Um, so. You know, I guess I, I'm I'm starting I'm convinced about Joel Embiid because if they have Ben Simmons and they have Matisse Thybul and also Joel Embiid, um, you know I think their defense can be pretty pretty good this season, um, and Joel Embiid might get some uh, might get some love there. Uh, let's talk about MVP. Um, who do you got for MVP? Um. Okay, this is uh, you know I like I I, I kind of are you gonna say Giannis? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> I've been such a homer this okay. episode, but I, I don't care. <laughs> um, okay, I'm gonna say Steph. I'm gonna say Steph. He had an MVP level uh, seat caliber season last year. He was absolutely insane. Possibly at like literally close to the peak of his powers. Maybe not at 15, 15, 16 level that that year they went they won seventy three games, but he was close to it and. I feel like they've kind of coasted slash given up recently in pre in previous seasons, and I think that this year, if when they get Clay back, they've got a decent roster. Um, I like some of their players. We saw last year that Draymond can still be a, a defensive player of the year candidate type of impact guy, and it was just awesome to watch him work the Lakers offense in that play-in game. Um, so I think, I think that the Warriors, I, I, I think I'm pretty high on them, especially, obviously so much is contingent on whether Clay can be healthy and what kind of player he looks like, but I think the Warriors could be a really good team. And I still believe that Steph Curry is the best offensive player in the league or yeah, yeah, I think I can say that. And, um, and yeah, I think that's, he's going to have a banana season and we're all going to be freaking out about it every every night he like hits like eight nine threes again and but this time they're gonna be winning games yeah i'm gonna go with Giannis just because i think he's going to improve even more uh i think he's going to have his best statistical season um to date the one caveat is his knee um and you know if if Giannis doesn't play enough games i could see him not winning the award uh, and I think, honestly, it would be justified for him to miss a lot of games this season. He said a few weeks ago that, you know, in, on Greek television that his knee still hurt a little, which is kind of concerning. Um, but so th- that would be the reason why I don't think um, Giannis would win the award. Uh, neither of us chose the heavy favorite, which is Luka Doncic. I, I just don't think the... I, I just don't like Jason Kidd, and I think the Mavericks are not going to be that good. <laughs> yeah, um, right there with so, you. <laughs> um, you know, I- interestingly, uh, so so the top uh, f- five favorites um, in Vegas are Luka first, Kevin Durant, uh, Joel Embiid, and Giannis are tied next, and then Steph. Uh, and then after that, you have Dame, Jokic, LeBron. Um, so uh, it's interesting how Jokic is not even being really considered, um, despite the fact that he just won probably the most under the radar MVP that's happened in my lifetime. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't think he's getting enough respect, but I also, I do think after Giannis's two MVPs, uh, people are going to find it difficult to vote for a non-champion twice in a row. Um, I just think that's the way it's going to be going forward. But I think it's going to be Giannis. If Giannis doesn't play um, as much as I would like him to play, I think Steph is a really, really good option, um, and I can't really argue with it. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of want to say Giannis, too. I hope it's Giannis. I think if he gets, you know, finals MVP, defensive player of the year, championship, of course, and three MVPs, like, it's kind of a resume that's, you know, <laughs> in rarefied air, is a term we used previously on this podcast, and I think, um, and he'd be only doing it at the age of 27. So 
Um, I would love to see it, and I think, like we said, I think he's going to add more to his game. He's going to play with more confidence. Um, and, you know, Giannis, I mean, he's not going to coast just because he just won the championship. Um, yeah. I could, So I could see him, honestly, like, going harder for that MVP than, like, he did last year just because he already won the championship. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I, I, I think Giannis is a, is, a, is a good choice as well. Um, and, and now that he's won the championship, too, uh, of course, voters are going to be more inclined to give him it. Yeah, I, I, for sure. Some other interesting options to me are, are is are Devin Booker. If Devin Booker, if 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 Phoenix finishes number one in the West, um, I could see him getting um, some buzz. Ballot buzz or like what number one MVP buzz? Ah, you know, I mean, I don't think he'll end up winning, but I, I if he puts up the numbers, I mean, I could see him getting a lot of votes, a lot of buzz. Same with Trey. I, I like. I, I don't see them actually winning. I'm just saying. Like, I think they could get some. Okay. Um, yeah. I guess I said. I guess I said Tatum. Uh, you know, is I, I'm predicting a Tatum top five MVP finish. So I think. Right. I guess. I guess Booker. You know, I I think there's like almost no chance he wins MVP, but Buzz for sure, for sure. Well, he has higher odds than Tatum. So. Wow. Um, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, this is this might piss you off, but tied uh, at like. Uh, what is this for tenth? Devin Booker, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook. <laughs> um, so wait, no way Russell Westbrook wins MVP. I I uh, I <laughs> look. I'm not one to give betting advice, but do not bet on Russell Westbrook winning MVP. Uh, you would be far better served betting on Tatum. <laughs> that is wild! Wow, even higher odds. Um, yeah, so. Uh, anything else? Anything else you got to say? It's, we're going kind of long. It's been an hour, so uh, well, I, mean, I think we should wrap it up. But what, 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 what are you going to say? I mean, one of the things I also texted you, which you also may have missed, uh, <laughs> was champion and finals MVP. Would you, would you, would you, we don't need to talk about it for very long. There will be plenty of time to do that. But would you like to make a, a gut prediction on that? Uh, yes, Giannis and the Bucks. Okay. Um, <laughs> I genuinely, I, I genuinely, I don't think Drew Holiday is going to win Defensive Player of the Year. I genuinely <laughs> would think the Bucks are going to win the NBA championship again this year. So, do you think Kyrie Irving is going to get vaccinated no. slash play? No. This season at all. Okay, so no. I think that's kind of maybe where our answer lies. I just don't see him sitting, doing this, sitting out this entire season and not playing. What I, do you mean? I, He's being a voice for the voiceless. Okay. <laughs> yes. Now, um, the the only way I see him playing this season is if New York rolls back its mandate, which is possible. Which is I, I guess that could happen. Yeah, just as time goes on, and who knows. Which, honestly, I haven't seen anyone talking about that, and <laughs> yeah. I don't really understand why. But you people know, are just I, assuming, like, yeah, like the, the law will never be, or the mandate will never be changed. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean. I could definitely see that happening, and if the Nets are healthy, then it's the Nets and Kevin Durant. Like that's my pick. But it, or uh, healthy, I guess. If the Nets have Kyrie, then my pick is the Nets and Kevin Durant as a Finals MVP. If not, it's the Bucks and Giannis for me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a shame that you know, the, like you know, this has to be part of the discussion, and you know, Kyrie just, uh, you know. Who knows? Who even knows with him? But to me, it seems like I—I I, I don't know. I—I I, I do believe that even if the mandate is hold for the entirety of the season, or like I think that he will—he will get vaccinated and play. I, I just—I—I I, I can't see that not. Um, I can't. I, I just feel like there's just going to be so much conversation around that. You would think the entire time and. It, it just feels like eventually he would he would do it. But if there's anyone who's going to be unpredictable and weird and yeah, it's going to be Kyrie Irving. So who knows? But because of that, because I think Kyrie Irving is going to come back. I guess what uh, you know, I said at the top, we're not going to talk about this. But w- what indication do you have that he's going to do this? I mean, what's going to change between now and if anything, I think the questions are going to go away. You, you think it... people could just would just ignore the fact that Kyrie Irving is on the number one team in the East potentially roster and, and that he's just not playing? I, I honestly, I think at the beginning of the season, it'll be a talking point. I think if the Nets are struggling, 
the Nets players will get a lot of questions. I think if the Nets are coasting, I, I just don't I don't think it'll be that big of a story until the playoffs. Well, as a Bucks fan, I <laughs> I would not be I would not mind if I mean I obviously want everyone to get vaccinated, but I, I would I would not mind if the Bucks can somehow find their way to winning a championship again. But I what do you mean somehow find their way? They're the second best team in the NBA. This is true. This is true. Yeah. And also, I think the Bucks are better than they were last year, which you know we we can talk about another time. I we think the roster's better another time. But yes, I. I will say, so I think, yeah, I think I made my opinion pretty clear. Um, if Kyrie's there, Nets. If Kyrie's not there, Bucks. And yeah, I'll go Kevin Durant as well and Giannis if the Bucks win. So, so do you think, do you actually think the Bucks are the second? Do you think the Bucks win if, if the Nets aren't, aren't there? Yes, I do. I do think okay. the Bucks are uh, just a more. No, not, the, not the 63 win Jazz? No. I think that the, the, <laughs> I think that the finals is will hopefully be the Eastern Conference Finals. I would like to see that be the Eastern Conference Finals and not the Eastern Conference semis like it was last year. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, so you know, I guess I missed a bunch of texts from you, but uh, we are going to wrap it up uh, for today. If you do want to uh, uh, reach out to us, make sure you go follow us on Twitter and email us. Uh, the handles will be in the description down below but with that we are going to get out of here until next time see you guys